Hey guys, what's up? Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Hashtag Limitless Podcast with me. My name is Tesla Case. Um, if this is the first episode you've ever been listening to, then buckle up because we're going to get a little deep today. So I haven't been recording as frequently lately, and that's because I've been busy. I'll be honest with that. Um, we had just gotten back from our fall break trip, and I started AA. So if this is the first episode you guys are listening to, I guess I should introduce myself as, hi, I'm Tesla and I'm an alcoholic. So I recently started AA and I am, let me double check my math on this. I'm 81 days sober. So I obviously had a drinking problem. I struggled with that. I could not really come to terms and grip on that. And there will be a whole other episode in regards to my addiction and my sobriety. But this one, I really wanted to talk to you guys about how my perspective changed about addicts. So if you know me personally, then you know that my brother was an addict. However, we had different addictions. I suffered from alcoholism, and he was addicted to a lot of different drugs. Um, and it's it's almost two years since he passed from an overdose. So I don't know if I'll be able to record about that just yet. It's something I'd like to share, but emotionally, it's going to take a toll on me. So for those of you that don't know, I actually grew up in AA. And it's funny to think that because I never thought this would happen to me, right? Of course, when things do happen to us, we never think, oh, this has happened to me when we see someone struggling with something. And the image we get in our heads of an alcoholic is like Frank Gallagher from Shameless, right? We just assume it's someone who is so far gone if they've been labeled alcoholic that they can't take care of their family or they can't hold down a job. And for a lot of alcoholics, that is true. However, I noticed my addiction pretty early on and I was able to reach out for help and be able to fix things before they got to that point. Um, in regards to growing up in AA, um, I was raised by my mom and stepdad, but when I was younger, I did get visitation with my biological dad. And a lot of times with those visitation, or with those visits, we would go to AA meetings because among several other things, he was addicted to alcohol. So I remember being like seven years old, sitting through AA meetings and there's just a bunch of, I remember like a bunch of like old scruffy men. So like these guys that were in like their 40s and 50s, they would all be smoking because back then I guess you could just smoke cigarettes during your AA meetings. I attend AA via Zoom. So it's not really like I can go to an in-person one right now. Um, my sponsor lives in North Carolina and I'm in Indiana. So we attend those on Zoom. But when I was growing up in AA, we attended those in person. So like I said, I remember being a little kid and hearing my biological dad share his story and how he would constantly get better, but he never got better. He would say that he was fixed or he would say that he had gotten through it. And he would say that he had gone through all 12 steps when we all knew he didn't. He just wanted people to think he was better. And he wasn't, obviously. But one of the big things about AA 
is you have to be able to relinquish control and you have to put that in God's hands. You can't say, hi, I'm so-and-so, I'm an alcoholic, but I'm going to fix this myself because that's not how it works. You have to admit that you are powerless over alcohol and you have to turn everything over to God. Like that's just how it works. And he couldn't do that. And so as I'm going through my AA meetings now, I do these early bird ones almost every day. I hop on an 8 a.m. Zoom and we all talk about different topics relating to our drinking. And the other day, I couldn't stop thinking about how I used to think that my addiction was better than my brother's because mine was technically legal. And at the time that my brother passed away, I was actually working. This is going to be funny. I was working in the prosecutor's office. So I would do charges on people whose police reports would come in and I would see that they had been arrested for like a DUI or so-and-so was arrested for um, doing drugs in their house and they had kids present, you know, and I would think to myself, like, obviously you don't have a problem, Tesla, because you've never been arrested for it. Or, you know, I would silently judge them and think, how could you do that? How could you get to the point in your life where drugs or alcohol are more important than your family? And then I slowly started to realize that, you know, going home every night and drinking five or six drinks, I was being a hypocrite. I was thinking that my addiction was better. I thought I was up on a higher pedestal than those who were addicted to drugs or those who had been actually arrested for alcohol-based offenses because of the fact that I hadn't been arrested for it or that I hadn't gotten to the point that they were at. Now, if you know me, you know that I am very self-aware. So the fact that I let alcohol blindside me for so long was a big issue for me because normally I'm like, okay, wait a minute, I can tell something's off. I can tell that I'm doing these things for the wrong reason. Or, you know, I can normally pinpoint what the issue is, what the cause of that issue is. And with alcohol, I couldn't. It took a long time. Like I am 27 and I have been drinking since I was 15. And I would go from binge drinking to not drinking for a while to drinking every single day. And I didn't think I had a problem. And then my stepdad ended up having a stroke and they said it was, you know, it could have been alcohol related because he was what we call a functional alcoholic. Um, someone who drank every day. And I thought it was normal. Like, my stepdad was never, like, mean or anything like that. He would just, you know, have a couple drinks. And never thought anything of it. You know, he wasn't your stereotypical alcoholic that you see on TV. You know, he wasn't, you know, completely, like, ruining lives or anything like that. You know, and like I said, like, back to the idea that an alcoholic has to look like Frank Gallagher from Shameless. An alcoholic can literally look like your next door neighbor who has picked up drinking as a hobby or a way to cope with emotions that she didn't understand. An alcoholic literally looks like anyone, but it's not obvious 
unless they look like they've ruined their life already. And they may be ruining it from the inside and you just can't tell. After my brother had passed, I did start drinking more. Um, but my brother passed when my daughter was about six months old and I had just started focusing on my health because at that point I was still dealing with postpartum anxiety and I couldn't sleep. So I was drinking at nighttime so that I could actually stay asleep longer. And the funny thing about that is when you drink more and you, and you become dependent on alcohol, it messes with your sleep cycle. And I couldn't go, I, I wasn't going into REM sleep anymore with rapid eye movement. If you guys, you guys are smart, you guys can Google this stuff, right? But my sleep patterns were so messed up because of the fact that I was relying on alcohol to help me fall asleep. But then soon as, you know, three, four hours passed, I was tossing and turning. I could not stay asleep. I would get three or four hours of sleep only because I was drunk. That was something that was a big issue for me because out of nowhere back in February, I started having high blood pressure. Some of it was related to my job at the time. Some of it could have been related to some prescription medication that I was taking you know, under my doctor's supervision. However, some of it could have also been related to the fact that I wasn't sleeping well because I was drinking too much. So I don't know if you guys know this, but if you don't sleep good, if you rely on alcohol to fall asleep or stay asleep, I had to do a sleep study and that was a pain. And then you find out that, oh, well now your cholesterol is high, guess what? Because you're not sleeping well. You're more likely to have diabetes because guess what? You're not sleeping well. It was all because I was drinking too much. And then I tried to stop drinking as much and limiting myself was just, it was awful. It was, I could not, I envy people. I really do. that can go out and have one drink here or there. But I was like, okay, I'm celebrating something. Have a drink. Uh, had a long day, had a drink. Uh, there's an even number of drinks in the fridge, have all of them. Um, Dan's and why have a drink? Why can't I have a drink? Oh, it's, it's in the fridge. Oh, I'm almost out. I better go to the store. I used to panic when I would get low on drinks. I would, I would literally run to the store and get more before I would go home and pick up the kids. That way, when I got home for the night, I could have a couple drinks. I wouldn't have to worry about it. And I realized it was a really big problem for me when I was finding that alcohol was a solution to however my day went. I don't know if any of you deal with that, but when you get to the point of drinking and thinking that alcohol can solve your problems, that's a red flag. Alcohol is not your therapist. Alcohol is not your counselor. Alcohol is not your friend. Alcohol is a depressant. And if you have anxiety or if you're like me and you struggle with ADHD and I've dealt with depression and anxiety in the past, if you are pouring alcohol onto all of that, you're adding gasoline to the fire. It's just not a good combination. Um, so I just, I can't drink. And I couldn't stop drinking for myself. And I learned this, I learned a trick from someone, it doesn't work with everything, but for a lot of things, I can't keep promises to myself. 
So I would make a promise to my daughter and I would say, Charlie, I promise I won't do this anymore. Well, like I said earlier, when it comes to AA, you have to relinquish control and you have to give it all to God. About the same time that I decided I, I needed to get sober, we were getting ready to start RCIA classes. And I knew that before I tried to go through those classes, I needed to be right in the head. I needed to be mentally, physically, spiritually. I needed to be emotionally there. And I couldn't be if I was counting down the minutes the class was over so I can go home and drink. So before we started our classes, I did a lot of praying and I asked God if he could help me. I remember one night I just sat down. I was was in my living room. The kids had gone to bed. And I'm just sitting in the living room, like, watching TV. And I don't even remember what show was on. It was just something going on in the background, just to have some background noise. And I remember just sitting there thinking, how am I supposed to do this? Like, I feel like I'm failing in every aspect of my life. I'm not a very good wife. I'm not a very good mom. I'm not a very good, you know, business person. Like, every, everything in my life... I was starting to talk down to myself about, I kept thinking, you know, I was getting all these like bad thoughts about myself in my head, this negative self-talk. And I was like, what is happening here? Like, this isn't me. This isn't normal. And so I started praying. I asked, I asked God, I said, I need you. I guess I didn't ask him. I told him I was so frustrated. I was like, God, I need you to help me find my purpose. I need you to help me find my calling. I need to know what it is that I am supposed to do because whatever it is I'm doing right now, I'm not doing a very good job of it. I feel like I'm failing. And I don't even know how to describe it. It was almost as if like this thought just popped up into my head, but it wasn't just a thought. It was like an overwhelming feeling and I, I, I felt warm all over. And it was almost like tingles in my face. And I just, tears started running down my face. And I just felt this overwhelming feeling of, you need to stop drinking. You will get where you need to be. I will put you there. But you have to stop drinking if you are going to find me. And that moment... I realized God's plan for me included me being sober. I was frustrated because I, I felt like a bad wife. Guess what? I was drinking all the time. I felt like I wasn't being a very attentive mom. I was so stressed out that I thought while the kids are playing, you know, toys or after they would go to bed, I could just drink and avoid the feelings of I'm not good enough. When I stopped drinking, and I had tried before, and I would go so many days without for like a health challenge or something. But when I stopped drinking, like for good, August 6th, things started changing. And all I could do is go with the flow and keep telling myself, you're going to be able to do this. And I kept it quiet for a little bit because I wasn't sure if I was going to make it. Like, physically, I was not sure how it was going to be going without alcohol. Spiritually, I knew that God had me. I knew, I knew that since he told me that's what was going to happen, that I needed, I, it wasn't an option. 
It was no longer my will, it was his. If I was going to become limitless, I had to give up everything that was weighing me down. And the biggest thing that was weighing me down was the belief that alcohol fixed my problems.